It is no coincidence that you are where you are on this holy hill. For I have placed you on this hill. Long ago it was my design, and now it is your time to shine. Shine over this region. Shine in this community. Your light will penetrate the darkness. Your light will lift up the hopeless. Your light will give strength to the weak. Your light will turn things around. So I'm increasing your illumination, your brightness. For my glory, my glory will shine on you. Praise the Lord. It is a good day. What's it good for? It's good to give thanks to God. I'm so glad I know Jesus. He plucked me from the fire. Amen. Well, let's make a confession based on God's word. Let's make our confession. We are committed to following God's pattern of giving and receiving. We are pleased to generously invest in God's word and expect a rich return. God has provided and freely given to us all things for life and godliness. We give in faith, and it is returned to us, shaken down, making room for more. We are fully satisfied, overflowing, and running over the top. We shout to and magnify the Lord, favoring His righteous cause. He is pleased that we prosper. We gladly honor the Lord with our capital, substance, and our income. God fills our accounts abundantly. And we overflow with the fullness of God's Spirit. God enables us to get wealth, increase in wealth, and become very wealthy to establish His covenant. We abound in grace. We are fully supplied for every good work. God multiplies what we give, and we increase our fruit of righteousness. We are blessed with what God has given us. God makes us rich with no regrets. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited about Jesus today? Yes. Well, this Tuesday, we're going to have youth group. Air Force Youth Group will meet at 6.30 p.m. And then this Wednesday, we're going to finish out our Faith for Miracles class with uh, Miracles for Healing. 
this Wednesday for our Wednesday night refreshing. And then um, if you participated in the card shower for Bonnie, uh, you can uh, get that in and then we'll uh, get that to her. So this is the last day. And then also, um, if you want to prepare your harvest for 2021, yes. amen, amen, then plant your seed in the ground yes. by the 31st. I want to read to you a scripture from uh, Genesis chapter 46. Genesis 46. Verses 1 to 6. And Israel took his journey with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba, and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac. And God spoke unto Israel in the visions of the night, and asked, or and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. He said, I am God, the God of your father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make you a great nation. Please say there. I will go down with you into Egypt and I will also surely bring you out again and Joseph shall put his hands upon your eyes and Jacob rose from Beersheba and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and the little ones and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him. But I want you to know that along the way, Jacob stopped and he offered to God. He offered sacrifices. And that was their seed that caused them to increase in Egypt. Amen? Amen. And sometimes, giving is a sacrifice, isn't it? And... uh, but we have to give in faith because we love God. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for every giver and their gifts. Lord, that they give it to you, into your kingdom, Lord, into your work, to honor and glorify you. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given them a great, abundant, overflowing, rich return on their seed. And, Lord, I thank you that they, they are multiplied, they are increased. And they are sustained and provided for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you're watching online, you can give uh, through our website as well. That's available to you. So there's many ways. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. We have some awesome kids' life teachers today. Yeah. Glory to God. We appreciate our teachers so much and our awesome kids. That they get to teach. So kids, go get the word. Be touched by the power of God. Have a great and wonderful class. Amen. Hallelujah. There was a three-year-old boy that went with his dad to see a litter of kittens. On returning home, He breathlessly informed his mother 
There were two boy kittens and two girl kittens. How did you know? His mother asked. Daddy picked them up to look underneath, he replied. I think it's printed on the bottom. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then uh, a three-year-old put his shoes on by himself. His mother noticed his left was on the right foot. And she said, son, your shoes are on the wrong feet. He looked up at her with a raised brow and said, don't kid me, mom. I know that they're my feet. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Did you know that our God is concerned about beginnings and endings? Yes. He declared himself to be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Amen. And when you find something that began in the Bible, it's become it's God's original purpose and plan. God created us to have a relationship with Him. And this is what God wants for all believers. And since this is the last Sunday of December, I really felt impressed by the Lord to talk to you today about the Lordship of Jesus. You know, because once you know that He is Lord, everything else is settled. Right? Everything else is fixed. All the standards and the principles and the statutes and the judgments and the commands are established. And when you recognize His Lordship, you have committed your life to Him and it becomes a reality. You know, Jesus is Lord. Let's say that. Say, Jesus is Lord. And it is a proper name. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He is the Lord God Almighty. That means he has absolute control of the kingdom of God. But he doesn't become your Lord through control. He becomes your Lord through love, through a relationship. He allows people to choose whether or not they want him as their Lord. Because he is Lord irregardless of what we do. Amen? Amen? Um, in Matthew 28, 18, he says, All authority and all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Everybody say all authority. Lord. All power. Lord. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's our Lord. That's our Savior. That's our God. And we can know him. His name is above every other name. Yeah. What a yeah. position. Yeah. And do you know he got that through humility? Mm -hmm. yeah. He humbled himself. Yeah. And he rules over Israel forever in an everlasting kingdom. Yeah. Yes. His kingdom is not going to end. Yeah. Right? That means the party is not going to stop. The goodness is going to keep on flowing. The joy is going to keep spreading. Yeah. Amen? Amen? 
You know, you're never going to hear God say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a favor today. <laughs> no, he has an unlimited supply. He is the supreme master. Yes. He is, he has dominion over all things. Yes. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. And he oversees the flock of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Did you know that God has invested in you? He gave his greatest investment into you. Because he knew that if he invested you, your value would increase. You were already valuable to him. And in Philippians chapter 2. Starting with verse 1, he says, if there, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies or compassion, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one... Did you know that you can be like-minded like Jesus? He says in this book, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory or empty conceit. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Isn't that what Jesus did, the greatest servant leader ever? When he surprised his disciples as he put on the apron and he washed their feet. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Would you be willing to lose your reputation for him? And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Say, Jesus was just like me. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. Say, he's highly exalted. And given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord to the glory of God the Father. There are many who have confessed him as Lord. And there are many who have not yet confessed him as Lord. And I want to read to you a passage of scripture from the book of Numbers. You can follow along. Numbers chapter 9 starting with verse 15. Numbers 9, 15 and we're going to go to 23. This is the pattern of God, of what God wants for us today. Okay? 
shows how we need to interact with Jesus as Lord of our life. Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 to 23. Now on that day, the tabernacle was erected. Did you know that you're the tabernacle of God? Back then they had a mobile tent, but today he has a body of believers. Okay? The day that the tabernacle was created, the cloud of God's presence, I'm reading from the Amplified, covered the tabernacle, that is the tent of the testimony. Ooh, the tent of the testimony. How many has a testimony? You're, You're the tent of testimony of God, of what God has done for you in your life. And in the, in the evening it was over the tabernacle, appearing like a pillar of fire until morning. So it was continuously, everyone say continuously. <laughs> this was an everyday occurrence. This was a consistent, uh, faithful appearance of God's presence in the wilderness that led them through where they were going through. Okay? So it was continuously, the cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent or the tabernacle, afterward the Israelites would set out. I want you to notice, they moved when the cloud moved. They stayed when the cloud stayed. So what are they doing? They're following the presence of God. In other words, the presence of God is telling them where they need to be, where they need to go, when they need to travel. Okay? And in the place where the clouds stopped, there the Israelites would camp. How easy is that? When the cloud moves, you move. When the cloud stops, you stop. Is that easy? Okay. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out how God is leading His people. It's not some complex thing. Amen? Okay? Verse 18. At the Lord's command. Very important. At whose command? The Lord's. The Lord's command. Are you, are, can the Lord command you? Do you, are you command operated? You know, voice activated, command operated. Say this with me. Say, Lord. I am yours to command. See, one who gives commands is one who's in authority. Okay? As long as the cloud remained over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the Israelites would keep their obligation to the Lord and not set out. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the Israelites would keep their obligation uh, to the Lord. And not so, I think I might have did that twice. Anyway, verse 20. Sometimes the cloud remained only for a few days. Only for a few days. Now get this. If it was only there for a few days, they had to pack up and move. After they had just done that, maybe a day or two ago. Look at your neighbor and say, here we go again. (laughs) And in accordance with the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then at his command, they set out. Verse 21, if sometimes the cloud remained over the tabernacle from evening only until 
morning. When the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would journey on. Say they journeyed on. Even if they were there only overnight. And there was a, each of the group of priests, the Kohathites, the Merorites, and the, some other group, they were responsible for different sections of the tabernacle. The Kohathites carried the stuff on their shoulders. One group took care of all the curtains, and the other group took care of all the instruments inside the tabernacle. Alright? So they had three divisions of priests that each were responsible for one part of the tabernacle when it was time to move. Okay? So, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would journey on, whether in the daytime or at night. Because you know what? They had light at night. They had a pillar of fire, so they could travel by day or could travel by night. They weren't limited. Say, I'm not limited. <laughs> Verse 22, whether it was two days or a month or a year, that the cloud of the Lord's presence lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the Israelites remained camped and did not set out. What if they set out when the cloud didn't move? They would be without the presence of God. They would be acting on their own apart from the Lord. 23, at the command of the Lord they camped, and at the command of the Lord they journeyed on. They kept their obligation to the Lord in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. See, the day that you were born again, you became part of God's building. And you were erected as a stone and a pillar in God's house. Okay? And God's presence is available to you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Did you know that you have access to God's presence? It's different than what it was, but it's the same presence. He manifests differently. I mean, we don't get a a pillar of fire and cloud today. Why? Because we have a voice on the inside of us. Amen? They needed something to see because they didn't have the Spirit in them. We have the Spirit in us, so the way God directs us is different than the way He directed them. Whenever His presence, or wherever His presence is, His Word goes forth with power and authority. Wherever God's presence is, His Word goes forth. Right? Because they were command activated. They would follow the presence and they would do what God said. Say, follow the presence and do what he says. I want you to think about this. Don't raise your hand or don't point to anybody. Just keep smiling and looking ahead and shaking your head. That way no one knows I'll be talking about you. I want you to consider... Who or what leads your life? Every one of us make decisions every day. What leads us? What guides us? What directs us? Do you know there's a lot of places today that are making decisions based on what the government says? So who leads your life? Does the Lord 
lead your life? Or does your flesh lead your life? Or does someone else lead your life? I just want you to think about who's leading you? Who are you following? Why do you do what you do? Do your feelings, emotions, and senses lead you? You know, there's a lot of decisions we make based on how we feel. Amen? There are times that I don't feel like getting up. I know that none of you get that feeling. (laughs) But you get up, amen? See, when Jesus is your Lord, you give Him your life and you live to please Him. He did not take your life. You gave it as a free gift because He gave you His life. And you thought, I got the better end of the deal, so I'm going to get in on this. I'm going to get this exchange. Lord, here I am. Send me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And the moment you did that, He entered into your life. He moved into your heart, and He is living there and abiding there forever. He didn't force you to do it. He doesn't force anybody to accept Him for who He is, Lord. That means when Jesus is your Lord, the decisions you make, the actions you take, and the thoughts you think should reflect Him, His kingdom, and His way. Who is the way? Who is the truth? Who is the life? Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me an S. What's it spell? Say it again. One more time. Oh, the devil is shaking in Palmyra today. They are mentioning that name. Jesus makes the demon's knees knock. Hallelujah. See? Where you end up, you have to listen to the Lord. I'm going to say, listen to the Lord. And when He is your Lord, He gets the primary influence in your life. Where you go, when you go, and what you do. Amen? See, when you accepted Jesus as Lord, you didn't realize that you were entering into an everlasting covenant. Okay? This is what was happening here in Numbers. Except the only difference is, they saw something visible, but today, he's invisible. But just because he's invisible doesn't make him less real. I mean, the Holy Ghost is like Prego spaghetti sauce. Say, what do you mean? Years ago, they used to play a commercial about Prego, and they would say, does it have onion? It's in there. Does it have garlic? It's in there. Does it have oregano? It's in there. Does it have basil? It's in there. Say, it's, say he's in there. He's in there. See, just because you can't see God doesn't make him less real. Because he makes his presence a reality. Amen? When you got born again, you felt the reality of Jesus coming into your life. You felt the weight of sin being removed. You felt free. You were delivered. Whatever needed to change your life changed when you accepted Jesus. Old cycles were broken. 
And a new life began. And you were literally birthed into the family of God. Do you remember what Jesus told Nicodemus? He said, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, born again? What are you talking about? You mean I've got to get back in my mother's womb? No. See, Jesus was talking about a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. When you get born again, your hair color doesn't change. You don't grow four inches or lose 40 pounds. Right? But something on the inside changed when you got born again. Didn't it? See, where you end up is who you listen to, what you allow to influence you, and whose plan you follow. You choose which way to go and who you honor along the way. God gives us the freedom to choose. But that doesn't mean we always make the right choices. Anybody besides me ever made a bad choice? Yes. But thank God for grace. Amen? When Jesus is Lord, you follow him because he is Lord and he is your leader. Alright? He's already proved his qualifications. He's already demonstrated how much he loves you. He's already offered to you everything. Did you know that Jesus does not hold back from offering you any good that the kingdom has? Everything that is in his kingdom is yours. Why? You're a joint heir with Jesus. You are included in the will, right along with him. You're seated with him in heavenly places. See, when Jesus is your Lord, you go where he goes. You stay where he, sa- where he says, and you move when he moves. You go where he goes, you stay where he says, and you move when he moves. It's very important for us to be in sync with God. God doesn't want you out in front of Him. Why? You're not the Lord. If if we're not the Lord, there's decisions that we can't make on our own. We need to get His advice. We need to get His counsel. We need to find His heart. Amen? In every sermon... That I deliver. I always ask God, help me to represent His heart. Help me to communicate His attitude to whatever people I'm preaching to. I always ask God, Lord, what do you want to say to the people? Why? He knows best. He knows who's going to be here. He knows who's not going to be here. He knows what everybody needs more than I do. Amen? But, so, In my preparation time, I want to make sure that I'm in line with God. And I always say, Lord, you are the conductor. If you want to change anything, you can. And while I'm preparing, I'm listening. Amen? Because there's a lot of time, it's like the little boy said to his dad who was a pastor. He said, Dad, 
How do you know when you get a sermon? He said, well, God speaks to me. And then he says, well, how come that there's so many crumpled up pages in your sermon preparation? <laughs> Amen? You know, preaching is just truth poured over personality. See, the fire and the cloud then is now the indwelling Holy Spirit. We don't need a visible sign to follow because we have a voice to follow. Jesus said, you are my sheep and you know my wife, John John 10. How many know the voice of God? Know when he speaks to you. If you don't know his voice, then you're not spending enough time with him. Because the way to get... The way to become familiar with someone's voice is to spend time with them. Right? So just as the fire and cloud, you realize God was moving two to three million people through a rugged wilderness terrain. There were snakes, there were scorpions, there were lizards, there were animals, but yet God managed to get his people where he needed them to be as long as they followed him. It's when they didn't follow him that they got into trouble. It's when we don't follow the Lord when we get into trouble. That's good right there. You have to let the commander-in-chief, who is Jesus, guide and direct your life. And he doesn't force himself on anybody, but he always responds rapidly to an invitation. Jesus never fails to reply to an RSVP invitation. The minute you give God an invitation, he's like, okay, let's go. He is right there, ready to do what is necessary to be done. Amen? Where is he a very present help? In trouble. Everybody say, in trouble. When you're in trouble, he's already there, present, ready to help you, waiting for you to ask. Because he knows how to get you out of trouble. And believe me, I've been in trouble before, and God's gotten me out of trouble. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9. Notice what it says. It says, God is faithful. How many know that God is faithful? That means he always shows up, he always provides, he always makes a way, he always brings a solution. Why? He's faithful. That's who he is. He can't help but be faithful. Even when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our what? Our Lord. What a privilege. We are called into fellowship, into relationship with Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, our Lord. Say, He's my Lord. 
When he's your Lord, you're never bored. Amen? Right? So, let's go back a little bit and let's look at some things that what God said in regards to relationship. Go to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis 17, verse 7. Genesis 17, verse 7. Notice what the Bible says. This this has been God's plan all along. It's not something new that he said, oh my, I'm going to have to change our relationship. Notice this. Genesis 17, 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. He's talking to Abraham. And guess what? We're Abraham's seed. We're Abraham's offspring. If, if, you're, if you're a person of faith, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are a child of Abraham. That means same covenant works for us. Who's going to establish the covenant between you? God is going to establish it. In other words, God sets the terms, God issues the standards, we just comply. We can't change the standards of God. And he doesn't, he doesn't lower his standards for anyone. Right. Do you remember when Peter walked on the water? Did you know that Jesus did not congratulate him for the three steps he took? He didn't say, good job, Peter. Why? He didn't fulfill the destiny. He, didn't get, he needed to get to Jesus. He didn't make it to Jesus. Why? Along the way, he doubted. He believed when he got out of the boat, but he doubted when he saw the wind. Did the wind all of a sudden just come up? No, it was windy to begin with. But Jesus said, Peter, why did you doubt? Oh, you have little faith. Peter would have thought, you know, I, I can relate to Peter. I just celebrated my stuff, but that's not God because he doesn't lower the standard. So if you're not, if you're not complying with God's standard, then you've got to make him Lord in that area of your life. That's an area that you're missing out of his benefits. And between your seed after you and in their generations for what kind of covenant? Everlasting. To be a God unto you and for your seed after you and I will give you I will give unto you as your seed after you the land wherein you are a stranger. God will give you land that you didn't go in. Oh, come on. God gives you things that you didn't know you could have. Stranger's land. Alright? All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, you shall keep my covenant therefore you and your seed after you in their generations. Right? So God wants you to be his people and he wants to be your God. Say, God wants to be my God. He desires to be people's Lord. It is the best offer in the universe to become under the Lordship of Jesus. Alright? Go to Exodus 29. Exodus 29 and verse 45. Exodus 29 45. Notice this. 
And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. See, this has always been God's pattern, always been God's heart, to have a lordship relationship with him. Okay? Verse 46, And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, that brought them out of the land of Egypt, and I may dwell among them. Where does he want to dwell? He wants to dwell among you. I am the Lord their God. He is identifying as the Lord. He wants to be in your life. He wants to be at the very heart, the very center, the very core of your life. He wants to be involved in every area of your life. Your family, your children, your job, whatever, your fun, your, your career. God wants to be involved. Yes. Why? Because he's the greatest success story there ever was and there ever will be. And when we follow his pattern, when we follow his principles, when we come in line with his commands, and we activate the lordship of Jesus in our life, then we have his success too. Isn't that what he told Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but uh, you shall meditate in it day and night that you might observe to do according to all that is written. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. How did, he have, how did he become prosperous and successful? He applied God's principles. He applied his life to God's principles. Joshua went where God said. He fought how God said to fight. Right? He, he did what God told him to do and he had great success. Isn't that amazing? When we simply do what the Lord says, that we're going to have success. We're going to prosper. We're going to increase. But when we don't, We're responsible for the consequences. See, the Lordship of Jesus is like an umbrella on a rainy day. One of those big golf umbrellas, you know, the big wide ones. When it's raining and you're under that umbrella, you're protected from the rain. But the moment you move that umbrella and you get into the rain, you're exposed to get wet. Amen? And that's the like the Lordship of Jesus. The Lordship of Jesus is our covering. It's our shield. It's our protection. Right? It's our provision. It's everything. And when we move ourselves, see, the Lord doesn't move. He stays being Lord. But we can choose to get out from under his covering. Now the Lordship's there and we're here. Now we're out from under his protection. We're out from under his care. And we're fully exposed to whatever it is out here. But he didn't move. We did. Do you realize... There was no one else who could have saved us. The Lord is the only one who was capable of saving us. We couldn't save ourselves. The government couldn't save us. The world couldn't save us. All the gold in the world couldn't save us. But there was one person who gave up his life as a sacrifice to save us. That was the only way, and he he was the only one that could have done that. That's why he's Lord. Can someone say amen? Amen. Go to Jeremiah 24. Jeremiah. Some think Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but he was a prophet, really. 
got to make the medicine go down a little bit. Amen? Jeremiah 24, verse 6. Notice this. For I will set my eyes upon them for good. Did you know that God desires good for you? He does not desire bad. He does not. All good and perfect gifts come down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variance nor shadow of turning. How many good gifts? Everything that God gives is good. The only time that people experience his wrath is when they blatantly disobey him and they refuse to change. And believe me, God gives multiple times to change before his wrath comes. But because he is a God of justice and righteousness, he will execute justice. But he lavishes us with mercy a whole lot before justice comes. He gives us opportunity to repent. You know, it's like the parable he said. There was a guy that planted a vineyard. And it wasn't producing fruit. Then the farmer said, well, let me work around it for a couple of years. Let me dig it up and fertilize it. Let me, let me work with it and prune it so that it might produce fruit. Thank God that God prunes us. Thank God for Holy Ghost fertilizer. Right? He works with us. We're his fields. We, it's where he planted his best seed. The incorruptible seed of the word of God. But God desires good for you. And I will bring them again to this land. He's talking about the nation of Israel. We know the nation of Israel became a nation again in 1948. They were scattered all over the world. But God said, I'm going to bring them back. And God did. And it was recognized by the world. That was a miracle. They became a nation again in 1948. Can you say amen? Why? God's word is true. What he said he will do, he will do. Why? Because he is Lord. Okay? I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them. God is a builder. He wants to build you up. We are built up in the Holy Ghost. We are built up in his love. He wants to edify you, increase you, make you stronger. Why? He's the foundation. He's the architect. He's the builder. We're simply the building material. Did you know a two by four doesn't tell the contractor where to go? <laughs> when, when a contractor's on the job, the two by four's not, not going, maybe I'm going to go over here, I'm going to go over here. The two by fours don't talk to the contractor. Why? They've already been pre designed where they're going to go. <laughs> So why do we argue with the builder when he tells us he wants to put us in a certain place? God puts people in the body as it pleases him. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're, you're, you're violating his lordship. Do you realize... When we disobey God, you know what we're doing? We're saying that we're Lord. We're saying that what He said isn't good enough, what He said isn't true, 
and we're making ourselves Lord. Why do you think God got so angry at Moses when Moses was giving him excuses why God, why he was disagreeing with where God wanted to put him? He was a two by four saying, I don't want to go there, I don't want to go there. Don't nail me there. I don't want to be a corner post. I don't want to be a stud. I just want to be in the background somewhere. God, Moses was arguing with the architect and the builder of where he should go, what he should do. And how, how did God react after a while? He got angry. Why? Moses was telling God, you're a liar. Moses was saying, what you're saying to me, Lord, isn't true. And that's what we do. When we argue with God of where we should be and what we should do. Or we choose our, we make a choice that goes against what God said. Or we never take the time to seek Him or ask Him. And I know that people make decisions like that all the time. It reflects in the results. Amen? It reflects in the fruit. It reflects in their life. The Lordship of Jesus. You can't separate His Lordship from His name. That's who He is. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord, not me. So what does that mean? Just yield to what He says. Just do what He says to do. Go where He says to go. When I was figuring out what God wanted for my life, that's exactly what I prayed. I would take long walks. And during those long walks, I would tell God exactly these words. I would say, God, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. And wherever you want, whatever you want me to be, I will be. In other words, I let the Lord tell me what He wanted. I didn't dictate to the Lord what I thought I wanted. Come on, somebody. And you know what? When I prayed that prayer, God told me a step. He told me the step to take. Did I hear an audible voice? No. But I didn't hear. And the step was, apply to Ramah. So I applied. Then, I went with a friend to one of our sister churches. At that time, the church that I was attending, they had five other churches within a radius of 30 miles from the one that he started first. Five different ones. So I went to a sister church with a friend of mine. And it was there in that service, I had prayed to the Lord, I said, Lord, See, now, I already sent the application. I took the action that he told me to do. Can you say amen? amen? Then I asked God to confirm it. I didn't ask him to confirm it without me acting first. He told me what to do. I did it. Then I asked him to confirm it. And so, in that service, I don't know why, I still remember it today. The pastor's father-in-law was preaching. Les Miller. And he was preaching on peace. And he preached a sermon on peace. 
And at the end, he said, is there anyone here that needs to have peace? I raised my hand. Why? I was seeking God's confirmation because I took a step that he told me to take. I was obeying the Lord. And I went up for prayer. And he prayed for me. And then all of a sudden, this guy came up to me. I had never met him. Didn't know he was. He came up to me like this. He pointed at me. His head was tilted. He said, you look like you're a candidate for Ramah. When he said that, I burst out laughing. Why? Only, only I knew what God spoke to me in that moment. And I had asked God to confirm it after already taking a step that God told me to take. And I just burst out laughing. Why? There was a joy that just exploded in me because I knew that I was hearing from God. What a joy it is to know that you're hearing from God. And you're making the right decision. You're, you're taking the right action. And God so graciously confirmed it. So this was 1990. We have a trip to New Zealand scheduled in the month of July. We're going to be gone the entire month of July. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, it would be really great for me to get my acceptance letter before I leave. How many know God's got a sense of humor? Do you know when my acceptance letter came? The day before we left for New Zealand. So that way, I'm not in New Zealand thinking about whether or not I'm accepted of the action that I took. I, my acceptance letter came in the mail on Friday. We left to, for New Zealand on a Saturday. Amen? God is good. And I had a conversation with my mother and father in New Zealand. I said, look, this is what God wants me to do. You know, because how many, how many parents, we have plans for our kids, right? And sometimes our plans are not God's plans. Can you say Amen. Right? We would like them to do this or like them to do that. But God has a plan for their life too. And I talked to, I had a deep conversation with my parents. I said, what do you think about this? Thank God for my sister. She went to the Philippines so bad, God. I'm just going to Oklahoma. She really paved the way. I mean, she was the firstborn. And she's going to the, she gave up a nursing job, uh, working a midnight shift, living at home, making good money and not having to pay rent. It was a sweet deal. And she tells my, my parents, oh, I'm going to go to the Philippines for six months. What? Thank God that she paved the way for me. Mine wasn't so bad. And my mom said, well, you're not leaving the country. And if this is what you want to do, okay. I had that conversation. But see, I was obeying the Lord. Did, did I wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be a preacher? No. I mean, I grew up watching Emergency. How many remember the TV show Emergency? Right? I, I, I love that show so much that for Christmas, I got one of the, the phone walkie-talkies. Right? That they used to have there. They had the red phone. It was a red phone walkie-talkie. I remember getting that for Christmas one year. I love that show so much. You know? I thought about being a pilot. My grandfather said, well, you come to the farm, I'll teach you to be a pilot. I said, really? He said, yeah, you can pilot here and pilot there. I'll teach you how to be a pilot. I'm like, that's not the kind of pilot I want to be. See, the enemy will always give you an alternative 
to what God wants you to do. So that he can get you to be your own Lord just like he was. How'd that work out for him? I mean, who is so dumb to get kicked out of heaven? I'm not talking going there and being sent back, but being kicked out of heaven. You've got to be dumb. You've got to be stupid. That's all we say about that. But that's what happened. When did he get kicked out of heaven? When he exalted himself. When he became his own Lord versus God being Lord. And that's what happens to believers. When they choose to do, live their life their own way. It's my life. Really? You conceive yourself? You design yourself? If, if it's your life, tell me, how does your heart beat? What tells your heart to beat without you thinking about it? What tells your lungs to breathe without thinking about it? Tell me. Explain that to me. Come on. Say, this life is not my life. If you're, if you're a Christian, it's not your life. You've been bought with a price. Your body is God. He purchased you. Amen? But see, he's a benevolent owner. He doesn't, he's not a dictator. He allows, he loves you so much that he allows you to choose. Whether you choose right or whether you choose wrong, you still have the ability to choose. Corey Ten Boom said this, Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is most confusing. Exhausting and tedious of all work. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. It's hard to be your own Lord. We were meant to, we, 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 we are not equipped for the responsibility to be our own Lord. To be like a two-year-old. This is what I want. I want. You want this? I don't want it. I want to do this. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. No, I don't want to do that. We've all saw kids, right? Do that. See, we have to make knowing Jesus as Lord an urgent priority. Yeah. It's missing a lot in the body of Christ today. People doing what they what they want to do, whether they feel what, what they feel, what their emotions tell them, what others tell them, but they're not seeking the Lord. They're not they're not going to God. They're not getting in before God in prayer and saying, Lord, what do you want? Because then, when you're confronted, when what he wants is different than you want, then guess what? You've got to die to self. You've got to have a funeral for self. And a lot of people don't want to have a funeral for self. They don't want to die to self. Right? But Paul got to the point, he said, I die how often? How often did Paul die? Daily. He was willing to consider all of his worldly accolades as dumb. To know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Can you imagine that? Paul was a highly educated, highly trained man by the best, but he thought knowing Jesus was far more greater. Not that knowing that stuff was bad, it's not bad, but you can still know the stuff and you'll be Lord. Amen? 
And what did Paul do? He died daily. He wrote half the New Testament. He, he planted churches. He, he sparked Christianity. God used him mightily. The one who persecuted now preached. What a concept. When Jesus becomes your Lord, persecution stops and preaching begins. We need to surrender our lives to the Lord's rule. The best thing you can do for 2021 is surrender yourself to God. Amen. Everybody, put your hands up. Say, Lord, Lord I, surrender. I surrender. Everything I am, everything I, everything I have, I give it to you. I trust you with all my heart to lead God and direct me and where I should go, what I should do, and what I should be in Jesus' name. Amen. So, see, when, when we rely on our own strength, we're going to be defeated. We're going to be discouraged. Things aren't going to work out like we thought they should. But when we rely on the Lord, even when we're weak, what does He do when we're weak? Let the weak say, I am. How, do we, how does a weak get strong? Because we're getting strength from someone else. We're getting strength from the Lord. Those who wait upon their feelings, those who wait upon the opinions of others, those who wait on their flesh, no, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. How many could use some renewed strength today? Renewed strength. That means... It's not like the old, it's better. It's renewed. You know, we're bringing the renewable energy today, right? We want energy that we can keep using and using and using. Well, God is the best source of renewable energy, amen? All you got to do is wait on Him. And He'll renew strength. Our strength is renewable. Our hallelujah. So what does it, what does it mean to say that Christ is Lord? How does that look to us? Well, number one, you've got to submit completely to Him. Now, I know that not everybody likes this word submit, but when it comes to the Lord, we need to submit. What does that mean? You're just coming under His authority. And do you realize the one who made you knows where you fit best, where you work best, how you operate best? And if you try to make a decision about your life apart from Him, you're going to be frustrated. You know, you can only hit your head against the wall so many times before you say, ouch. Right? I mean, eventually you're going to say, hey, this isn't working. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just, bang- I'm just bleeding, you know. I've been hitting my head against this wall for so long. You get tired of hitting your head wall. That's someone who, who goes against the Lord. It's like you're hitting your head against the wall in your life. And yes, sometimes when the Lord asks you to do something, you have to say no to something else in order to say yes to Him. And that's the rub, really. We don't want to give up that to have this. Because we can't see what's behind this. Because when you choose the Lord, you have a far greater benefit than what you would have had not choosing Him. Amen. 
We submit to his authority, to his will, to his plan and purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. God has plans for you. You're not just existing. He didn't create you just to take up space. He's got a divine purpose that he created you from the very beginning for. And the only way to discover what that purpose is, is to have a close, intimate relationship with him as Lord. This is what they were doing in the wilderness. God had to lead them with that fire and the smoke. The fire and the cloud. Because they didn't know any other way. That's where they were. That's what God could do. But for us, you can actually have a conversation with the fire and the cloud. Secondly, what does it mean when we say Jesus Christ is Lord? You have to allow Jesus to live through you. In every possible way, in every area. What kind of employee would Jesus be? What kind of leader would Jesus be? And guess what? There's always rooms to increase, right? What kind of landlord would Jesus be? What kind of business person would Jesus be? What kind of servant would Jesus be? Yeah, I mean, that was popular, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But it's true. It's very true. I mean, who, what better example could we have other than Jesus? So we have to allow Jesus to live through you. And then thirdly, what does it mean to say that Jesus Christ is Lord? You yield entirely, surrender wholly to Him. You have to give Him your life, just like He gave you His life. Giving your life is a gift. It's a gift that we can give to God. What can I give to God? You can give Him your life. You can give Him praise. You can give Him worship. You can acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. And what? He will direct your path. If you're not being directed in a certain area, then you're not acknowledging Him in that area. Amen? Amen. Is this helping us today? When when Jesus is Lord of your life, that means He's ruler, He's boss. Everybody say, Jesus is boss. He's master. He's not Lord of a part. He's Lord of all. If you've got a key that leads to a room in your life that you want Jesus out, you better hand over the keys, all of them. Amen? Give Him free access into every area of your life, even if it's a mistake. Why? Only He can fix the mistake. Only He can pick us up when we fall. Why? He is Lord. Our outward life expresses our inner life. What we portray outside is what's been going on on the inside. Can't hide it. It just shows up. Our outward life involves our senses, our feelings, our emotions. Our inward life is where the Word of God, is where the Holy Spirit, is where we're born again. 
Amen. It's where we have that sweet fellowship with God. We need to be God inside minded. Hallelujah. We have to recognize that Jesus is Lord. Alan Redpath said this. If you look into his face and say, yes, Lord, whatever it costs, at that moment he'll flood your life with presence and power. Did you know that there is a cost to following God? What does it cost you? It costs you everything. When I made the decision to leave Illinois and go to Oklahoma, it cost me. I had to leave what I was familiar with and go out into the unknown. I knew somewhat what to expect, but I didn't know all what to expect until I went there and found that it was ten times better than what I thought it would be. But isn't that how God is? When we follow God, you'll discover it's ten times better than what you thought it would be. With God, the grass really is greener and it's mowed. He leads me to green pastures, right? The grass is greener with God. And He takes care of the mowing. Amen? Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, let's look at verse 7. Hebrews 3, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, everybody say today. Isn't, aren't you glad that God's a right now God? He's not a tomorrow God. He's not a yesterday God. He's a today God. So guess what? Today, we have an opportunity. We have a moment. All right? Today, if you'll hear his voice, look at your neighbor and say, got your ears on good buddy? That's an old CB term. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch the movie Convoy and Rubber Ducky. Today, if you'll hear his voice, listen, you've got to hear his voice today. If you want to be a success tomorrow, you've got to hear his voice today. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what the future holds, but you can go knowing what he said. You can take what he said today into tomorrow. And what he says to you today prepares you for tomorrow. How many times did he reveal where the enemy was going to be? To Israel. Oh, he said the enemy is going to be right there. You go there. And the enemy thinks he's going to ambush you, but I'm going to ambush him. Mm -hmm. He set you up for success. But today, this is important. You've got to hear his voice. And you've got to be willing to do what he says. You can't just say, 
Oh Lord, I heard your voice last night. You have such a beautiful voice. It's such a wonderful voice. And then don't do what he says, then you miss the whole point. You've got to hear and you've got to respond. Say hear and respond. Okay? Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Oh. Do you realize the more Moses resisted God's call, the harder his heart got? Could you use some a little bit more fiber in your diet? You look a little blocked up. But this is what a heart looks like to God when we refuse to do what he says, it becomes hard. When your heart is hard, it resists his seed. A hard heart cannot receive seed. Same is true for ground, isn't it? You have to break up the hardness of the ground in order for the seed to get in. Is that true? It's a spiritual truth. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and sought my works for how long? Forty years. It's about time. Don't wait forty years to start hearing God. Don't wait forty days. Don't wait forty minutes. How about right now? Let's decide today that we're going to hear his voice and do what he says. Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Verse 10. Wherefore I was what? Grieved with that generation. Don't be a generation that doesn't hear God. God's been speaking to some of you, but you're resisting what he's saying. Your heart's getting harder. And that's dangerous ground. Because the enemy loves a hard heart. How soft or hard your heart is, is up to you. On how receptive you are to his word. Or to his plan. I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts. They have not known my ways. Well, you can't know his ways if you don't listen. You can't know his ways if you don't recognize him as Lord. You're not going to know his ways. They're going to be unknown to you. Verse 11, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Can you imagine not being able to rest? That's called tormented. That's called restless. Have you ever been around someone that's restless? They're agitating. You know? You don't want to be around someone that doesn't get rest. After so long of not having rest, you get cranky. So do I. I, I get one of two ways. I'm either silent or, or goofy when I'm tired. And then eventually sometimes I get cranky. Oh, don't look at me in that tone of voice. You all get cranky too. It, our human flesh has limits. But our spirit with God has no limits. Amen? Why do you think Jesus rested in the boat? Can you imagine the ministry of Jesus? Everywhere you go, you've got an entourage. You've got the 12 disciples. You've got people coming with needs. 
You've got people following you. Everywhere you go, you're like a rock star. They're trying to touch you. They're pressing in towards you. You can't get a break. So what? The only time you can sleep is when you're on a boat with your disciples. And then they complain about a storm and wake you up. Say, how long should I be with you? Let me sleep. All I want to do is take a nap. You know, I'm just having fun with that, but it is true. Verse 12. Take heed, brethren. Listen, pay attention. This is important. Take heed. Beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. How does God view unbelief? Evil. Unbelief means you believe, but it got undone. It's like my shoes. My shoes are tied, but if the tie comes loose, they're undone. They were tied, but something undid it. You were believing, but something undid your belief. Something let your belief unravel. What unraveled your belief? What caused your belief to become unbelief? It can't be on unless there was something there before. Right? You either satisfied or unsatisfied. Well, there must have been a time when you were satisfied, but something happened that you become unsatisfied. Verse 13, but exhort one another how often? Daily. So we gotta exhort, we gotta encourage others daily. Some of us need a slip kick in the cans every day. Right? When you're having a struggling day, Call, call me and say, Pastor, can I have a swift kick in the can? I'll say, I'll be glad to do that for you. <laughs> Am I going to kick you? No, we're going to pray and get, God, get, get your heart right. I'm not going to physically kick you. No. <laughs> I'm going to kick your pants down the highway. Amen? <laughs> what, what would you rather have, a kick in the pants or a kick in the cans? <laughs> By the way, miracles come in cans. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through this, the deceitfulness of sin. Unbelief is evil, unbelief is sin. A hard heart is sin. The harder your heart becomes, the more sin gets ingrained in you. For we are made partakers of Christ. You are partakers of the anointing. You are qualified to be a partaker of the anointing of Christ. We're qualified to be partakers of Christ. Amen? Who qualified you? God qualified you. Well, how did he qualify you? He chose you. You responded to his choice. And you're here today. Amen? You made a choice to be here. When all these other things are going on, you chose to be here. You chose to to have Jesus as Lord. You chose to honor him today. We're not, we are made partakers of Christ. That's a powerful statement. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, and Hebrews 10 talks about don't cast your confidence away because it has great recompense of reward. Alright? Verse 15, while it is said today, is it still today? Do we have an opportunity before us? We can correct our belief about lordship, our mindset about lordship right now today. Amen? How many want Jesus as Lord of your health? 
If he's Lord of all, he's Lord of your body. After all, who purchased your body? He said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Say, my body is God's temple. It's where he resides. It's where worship takes place. It's where you offer to God the sacrifices of praise. Amen. In our body. Our bodies help us do what God wants us to do. Our bodies get us to where we need to be. Our bodies help us say what needs to be said. Amen? God blesses where you put your hands to. As long as it's not evil. So some hardened their hearts. They chose a different path. So, we have to make Jesus Lord. What does that mean? You go where he says go, you do what he says do, and you become what he says to be. Well, what if I haven't done it? Stop doing it today. Let's, let's turn the page today. How many want to turn the page today? Yes. Today, the Lord is going to erase every mistake. And matter of fact, he's not even going to remember it. He's going to forget every mistake. So guess what? If he forgets a mistake, so can you. Say, today, I'm letting the past go. I'm making the decision today. Jesus, you are my Lord. I submit to your Lordship. I receive your strength. Show me the way in which I need to go. And I will take that way. I'm here for you. Here I am. Send me. Use me. Minister through me. Touch through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we got to rejoice a little bit about that. Come on, we got to rejoice. Anything that was out of the line just got into alignment right now. Amen. Amen. You mean we don't have to do cartwheels? No. <laughs> you don't have to run laps? No. Did you know that you could just simply make a confession to the high priest? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Who are you? You are the Lord's. What does that mean? You're victorious. That means you're a champion. That means you're good. That means you have a purpose. That means you have ability. That means you have access to heaven's resources. And heaven will back you up in anything that you do for God or with God. Amen? That means you're not going to decide what you should do from this point on. Should I go there? Well, run it by the Lord if you're not sure. He'll let you know. Amen? Should I get involved in this deal? Seek Him. You know, too many of us want an instant answer. We want to just drive through the drive-thru and say, God, would you send me a yes or no uh, with this package, please, and make it supersize it for me? And we want it in five minutes. Sometimes, God can do that, right? But other times, what, He wants you to strengthen your relationship with Him. 
And the only way to strengthen a relationship is to spend quality time with Him. Listening, communicating, sharing, receiving. There's an exchange in the relationship. Amen? A one-sided relationship is not much of a relationship at all. So we have to understand the Lordship of Jesus. When we say Jesus is Lord, what are we saying? We are committing to everything that Jesus is. Was Jesus ever tempted to not do his Father's will? Oh yeah, he was. What did he say in the garden? Lord, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But but he, he qualified it. He said, not my will, but yours be done. You've got to come to the point where you've got to put his will above your will. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just give God some praise for a moment. There's there's some people in here today that came in feeling weak. I don't know if it's weak physically or you're just kind of worn out from things. If that's you, I just want you to stand up. You're going to get strong today at this moment. If you came in here feeling weak, I want you to stand up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because God is a strengthener. He dishes out strength pancakes. This is God's strength training. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that the weak shall say, I am strong in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen her with might in her inner man by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, Lord, you are the strength of her life. She is strong in the Lord and in the power of your might in the name of Jesus. And say, say, I receive strength from the Lord today. Say, I am strong. I am mighty. I am powerful. Because I have the power of the Lord. Anybody here dealing with a sickness? Sickness. You're dealing with a sickness of pain. Well, that's good. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen. You don't lack direction. God, God is the best GPS ever. Number one, he knows where you are. Number two, he knows how to get you to where you need to be. And he will help you get there. Say, I am not on my own. Isn't that good news? You're never alone. God is always with you. But we got to do what they did. Follow the cloud. Follow his voice. Do what he says. Amen? That's my encouragement for you to close out this year. And we have a Wednesday service, our last service of the year of 2020. Thank God for 2021. Amen? Why? New opportunities. Amen? New levels. Amen? New, new, new battles. New victories. New rewards. New benefits. Amen? Let's start today. You don't have to wait till New Year's Eve. And then we can start right now today. Amen? Start preparing the way. Hallelujah. Use your tongue. Declare who you are in Christ and what He's given you. 
He'll not lead you astray. And wherever He leads, He's able to sustain you. To keep you. To provide for you. He loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. He is with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, that this teaching will be revealed to us in greater depths and greater levels by your Holy Spirit. Lord, your fire will burn this into our hearts. And it, you'll always remind us of, of what we heard today about your Lordship. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're watched online, thank you. We appreciate you. Look forward to hearing from you if God ministered to you. Have a blessed and wonderful day.